Hello, and welcome to the Anti-Imperialist Network. On July 26th of this year, a coup d'etat shocked the world in Niger, one of the last bastions of the French neocolonial empire in Africa, or France-Afrique. Then, on August 10th, members of the Diaspora Association of Republic of Niger Nationals in the UK, or DARN, protested at the French Embassy in London to demonstrate their support for the ousting of French colonialism in Niger. To learn more about the coup, the protest in London, and the future and history of resistance in Niger against colonialism, I spoke to Abdul Mosi, a Nigerian activist living in London and a member of DARN. Yes, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk about uh, our country and uh, our association. So DRN UK, which means Diaspora Association of uh, Republic of Niger Citizen, was uh, established in UK in 2002. You know, it was uh, initiated by most of the members that were students when they came to UK to study. So when they came here, they find themselves alone, no family, no friend, and they have difficulties with uh, integration. Then they got the idea that to create uh, this association, you know, which will be like kind of uh, an organization that will foster the solidarity between the members and uh, help with the integration and uh, represent uh, and uh, different interests of his member and uh, also with our countries. And we are also planning to create a bridge between our two countries, the UK and the Niger. Yeah, we believe that, you know, when the more the population from both countries gets closer, the more, you know, it can foster and straighten uh, the bilateral relation between our two countries. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so the main objective was, like I said, foster solidarity, brotherhood, mutual aid, yeah, and promote as well the cultural dialogue between Niger and the United Kingdom, yeah. And uh, we give our opinion regarding any social issue in Niger. And uh, we do cooperative NGO and charity in Niger, you know, to bring development in Niger. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Uh, that's excellent to hear. Uh, so I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit about what's happening in Niger now. Um, what is the situation on the ground uh, after the change of government? Um, what do you believe that the people are mobilizing in support of the new government? And what do you think will happen uh, with the new government that's come to power with its position? I think like uh, the international community and mainly the media, they have been talking, focusing on just uh, about this current situation, but they failed to address the domestic issue before this uh, crisis, before, before this change of regime. They failed to talk about what led to this situation. So the question to the international community and the media, does the international community, especially the media, I don't think if they know that there is no democracy in Niger. There is no democracy. And people had enough. I think uh, it was a kind of semblance of democracy that was sold to the international community. In reality, there is no democracy in Niger. When we talk about democracy, and uh, what is democracy? Democracy individual and collective, uh, how do you call it? individual and collective freedom and the supply uh, of basic social needs. So they should ask themselves question regarding the individual and the collective freedom over the last 12 years before the change of regime and the supply of basic social service, which is health, education, energy. They should make the research about all this. In general, about good governance. You know, they need to make the research about this, but then we will talk about the coup d'etat. So what I don't understand. So because of the democracy, we should watch, observe the country collapsing. 
before we make we take action? Do we, because of democracy, do we need to wait? We can see that the government is incompetent. So does that mean that we need to wait five years before, you know, five years before the next election, before, you know, we make election? It doesn't make sense. I live in UK. I can take UK as an example. Mm, from Brexit to now, UK have four prime ministers, David Cameron and Theresa May, Boris Johnson, and uh, Louise, Louise, uh, sorry, I can't remember her full name. Mm, sorry. You know the lady, Louise, uh, Louise. Louise, yeah. Louise, Louise Trust. Louise Trust, thank you. And uh, the current one, Sunak. They were brilliant, prime minister, but their party and uh, the national opinion were not happy about them, some of them. And some of them, they honorably resigned because they believed that they were not the right men at that moment for the job. But with Africa, we don't have this opportunity. The prime minister, once he's elected, good or not, we have to wait the next five years. Things are going worse or not, they will not resign and nobody can kick them out. The population cannot do anything and their political party cannot do anything. In UK, we have witness. Sometimes the prime minister they honorably resign, or sometimes the political party will force them to resign. And they believe that if the political party didn't take action, I believe that the population will take action. And I believe also if the population is taking action, if the prime minister refused to resign, I strongly believe that the army, UK army, will be the last uh, solution and they will intervene. So this is what's going on in Africa. We don't have freedom of uh, freedom of speech. We cannot uh, we cannot demonstrate. Over the last two years, the international community should make the research. How many times were we allowed to make like a protest, a pacific protest? No. So this kind of question that I want the community international and the media especially to do their homework on this kind of subject. So back to your question, yes, the population, the, the, most, uh, uh, the majority of the population, they support the new government. And we have seen a lot of strong mobilization around you know, giving their support to the, to the new regime. Yeah, I hope that answered your question. Absolutely, yeah, thank you. Um, with that, I, I'm curious uh, about the French presence in, in Niger. So part of your protest was protesting against the uh, the French army still being in Niger. Um, can you talk a little bit about France's role still in promoting colonialism and then today still having the, the army uh, present in Niger? Mm -hmm. Yes, like uh, like long time ago, there in UK, since the president Bazoum was a uh, foreign affairs minister, I believe that was in 2012 or 13. When he came to UK, our organization, we have met him. And uh, we told him that we don't believe that external army base, foreign army base can uh, defend our own security. Is our own responsibility, you know, to look after our security. And uh, we told them, if you go through history, I don't think if there is any example where the French army has helped to bring peace in a country. You know, I think about Rwanda and about Congo. There are many examples. I don't think that, you know, there is a example where the French army has, you know, helped to bring peace. So we told them we don't believe in that. And he has ensured us that, no, we need to trust them. They will not joke to play with our safety. You know, they have done some tests. They brought some drums in the desert. They have, you know, they have shown them how to, you know, they have done some experience. You know, they have shared some experience with them, showing them through the drums, even if somebody's uh, doing any activity, you know, the drone will be able to capture that. So he unsure. We are not convinced, but we just say, okay, 
But after that, the drone could see somebody using the toilet, urinating in the desert. That's why I said the drone would see if, even if somebody is urinating in the desert. But the drone will see somebody who is urinating in the desert. But the drone cannot see hundreds of terrorists in the desert. It doesn't make sense. And hundreds of terrorists, even thousands, they were, you know, stealing animals from our country, from Niger to Mali, in the Sahara, in the Sahara, in the desert. This is not like Amazonia, when there is a lot of trees, sometimes they can hide, but this is the open space. So we don't understand how come the drone cannot see them. And uh, the Malian government, they say they have clear evidence that France is the one supporting the terrorists. And they've called for the UN meeting. You know, they have called for a UN meeting. So if France has nothing to hide, it should support this investigation from UN meeting. So based on all this experience, and uh, yeah, based on all this experience and cases, so we believe that the France army is not competent to help us to fight this, uh, uh, terrorism. And before that, many years ago, I think one or two or three years ago, we have lost hundreds of soldiers. So hundreds of soldiers were killed. Thousands of population, thousands of citizens you know, were killed. Many of them displaced from their village. The village were bombed. And you know what? All this experience remind us the mission Vule Shanwan in the 18. It's the same, is the same form. It's the same form. People were killed, there was a violence, you know, animals were killed, villages were burned. We are living the same after hundreds of years. So we still believe that France is still have the same uh, ambition to conquer, uh, in French, we call it uh, Bassin du Chat. I think Chat Bassin, I, I can't remember the name in English. In French, we, we call it Chad, uh, Bassin du Chat, which is uh, the area between uh, Chad, Burkina, and Mali, etc. So the French army is still in that area, and we believe that they still have that ambition to conquer that zone after 100 years ago. So like we did through our great, great ancestor warrior, you know, the fight during that year was led by uh, a queen called Saronia Mongu, is a lady. You know, she fought against the resistance of the French army penetration in that area. So we still here, we are the descendants. So I think that we still do the same resistance. We still do, we don't want war. But, you know, if people push us to do the war, we welcome it. You know, we will defend our, our dignity, our, territory, our territories, and our, our choice. People of Niger have made their mind. They don't want the French army, and they don't want, uh, how do you call it, the regime. So why would somebody force us? It's like uh, when I'm married someone in a relationship, if I say this marriage is over, why would my neighbor or my family will force me to stay in this marriage? It doesn't make a sense. We say we want a divorce. You know, France is a civilized and democratic country. And I believe in France and America, they are against uh, forced marriage. So why would the international community will force us to be in this marriage when we say it's enough? This marriage is a lot of lie, is a lot of abuse, is a lot of bullying, manipulation. It's better to be free alone than being uh, in a fake and toxic relationship. Thank you. Absolutely. And also, I would like to add that in 2019, can you say again? No, continue. Yeah, our association, DRNE, sorry, yeah, our association, DRNE UK, like one or two years ago, sorry, I cannot remember. We, I think it was in 2020, I cannot remember anyway. So we did a protest. We were in front of uh, the French army when we lost like 100 of soldiers 
and we kindly ask them we want them to leave our country. So we didn't want, we didn't wait for this change of regime to make this request. You know, because we are following the news, we are following what's going on, and we believe that you know their presence in Niger is making things worse. Thank you. Absolutely. I wonder if we could talk a little bit more about the, you just mentioned the Queen Sarunia. Um, if we could talk a little mm -hmm. bit more about these examples of continuing resistance to foreign interference in Niger. Um, can you uh, tell people who aren't familiar with that story a little bit about the Queen uh, and how she fought against the French? Yeah, Saronia, like uh, Saronia in, in my in our language, how does that mean like queen? So Saronia, she's uh, a lady who fought against uh, colonialism penetration in Niger. She was the queen and she was, uh, and it's very important to mention that during that year in 1800, 1871, if I have a good memory, in many countries of the world, women were considered as a second citizen, uh, second-class citizen. They didn't have the right to vote. But during that period in our country, that lady was, uh, that queen, that lady was a queen, and she was the head of the army fighting against, uh, I would say, against uh, colonialism penetration in Nigeria. And uh, this is one of the best resistance in Africa. Yes, a lot of people, they don't know about the history, but I will invite them to go on YouTube. And uh, we have a, a, a British producer called Mr. Rob Lemkin. He has done a movie about uh, this uh, history. So I will refer them to what on YouTube, African Apocalypse, which talk, uh, with this movie talk about this history. So the lady, he was just fighting. He prefer, she preferred to, to die on her land and surrender. And you know, you know, you cannot compare, I would say, the military power between those, uh, between uh, the army of uh, Saronia Mongu and the, or the French army. They were just using, you know, uh, I would say, they were just using, you know, they didn't have guns. They didn't have guns. So in terms of, uh, they didn't have guns, they didn't have the same equipment as the French army, but they did resist. Yes, they didn't make it easy for them, for the French army. Yeah, I think I would recommend them to check about African apocalypse and they will learn more about Saronia Mongo. Thank you so much. That's a great recommendation. Um, mm -hmm. I wonder if we can talk a little bit more about the concern of an, of an ECOWAS intervention uh, in Niger. How worried are you about that and the possibility of, of an invasion? First of all, before we talk about that, I think there is an issue with the wording. This is not uh, intervention. This is interference. <laughs> this is interference. This, this is uh, a domestic problem, you know? They should not get involved. This is interference. And uh, there is no legal basis. There is no legal basis that allow a military intervention or a sanction. You know, we are part of ECOWAS, so we know what's going on. There is no legal basis. And which is such, the ECOWAS leaders, that is mainly the president, they didn't consult the parliament. They didn't consult the parliament. They just decide, we just want to go to war. Even worse, the Nigerian president, Mr. Tinubu, he doesn't even have a government. He didn't consult. He didn't consult his uh, parliament. Even worse, he doesn't have a government. Do you think in America it will be possible for President Joe Biden to take a war in, in Russia without consulting the parliament, the Senate, and without having a government? It doesn't make sense. So if it's not possible, why would that be possible in Niger? And uh, if I can take example here, the uh, European Union. So I don't think the European Union will decide to take a war in uh, in Spain without consulting 
the European Parliament. And there is a commission which look after the peace and security, you know, in the ECOWAS countries. So they didn't even consult them. So, you know, this is wrong as well. You know, it's like, uh, how can I call it? It's like the pot calling uh, the kettle black. You want to go to war for democracy, but in your, you know, the principle that you're following to take this war is illegal, is anti-democratic. You should take your time to listen. Before they listen to us to understand what's going on, they just say, oh, we are going to war Tunisia. They didn't consult their parliament. They didn't consult the African ECOWAS parliament. And they didn't consult even the African Union. It's straight. We are going to war. And why they are going to war? Because all of them, they are abusing their countries. They are more concerned about their position than uh, than the interests of our country or the interests of ECOWAS. And the more they are acting this way illegally, the more the ECOWAS population they are getting closer and closer and closer. And we believe all population from the ECOWAS countries, they do not support the war in Niger or in ECOWAS. And we are calling on them. We should learn from the bad experience in Libya. In Libya, we all remember NATO said that we are going to bring democracy. In Libya, Gaddafi was killed, but we still we don't have the democracy. What's the meaning of democracy? Having two governments, having a civil war? This is the reality. This is the reality in Libya. Gaddafi was killed. There is a civil war, and uh, we have two governments, and uh, all the outside, all the institutions, democratic institutions and social service, they were all destroyed. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to defend Gaddafi. Gaddafi, I'm not trying to defend Gaddafi, but, you know, he has done bad things in the area in Africa. He has supported terrorism in our, in our, I'd say, in our continent, especially in the Sahel. But we have to understand that he has done some great things as well, for his, especially for his people and for the neighboring country. I'm not here to defend him to judge him, but I'm just talking about a fact, what I can say. NATO was there, you know, to bring democracy, but there was never democracy. So, you know, we should learn from that. We should not let, like, uh, this political crisis in Niger becoming, you know, um, becoming, uh, you know, worse than what happened to Libya. Yeah. We don't want the war, but based on principle, if they want to come and uh, attack us on our land, they are more than welcome. But we don't want the war, but they can be sure that we are ready. We are ready. We are ready for that, but we don't want it. You know, where were the ECOWAS? We didn't know that ECOWAS had military. Where was the ECOWAS when the terrorists were killing us? Where were ECOWAS? We need them that time. So it means that the ECOWAS, they don't care about us. You know, we have seen when there was a Charlie Hebdo, when some, uh, you know, uh, when some journalists from Charlie Hebdo were killed, and uh, all the African presidents, they went to Paris, which was a great initiative. You know, we all need to condemn terrorism everywhere in the world. That was a great initiative. But we never seen them in Africa, in Niger, my country, when hundreds, hundreds of soldiers were killed, when thousands, thousands of uh, civilian innocent were killed. They never even, you know, been there. most of them, they never even make like a simple how you call it, a simple declaration to condemn, you know? And what is a shame is that we believe that France is behind ECOWAS. We all know that because France is the one founding ECOWAS. 
they were just either either they accept it or not. We all know that they are taking instruction from France. You know, and uh, what I wanted to say, yeah, what is sad is that before the intervention, military intervention, the French, the European, they were taking, expatriating the population, taking them out of the country. But these ECOWAS leaders, they are not even capable of taking, you know, repatriating their population. So it means that they don't care about the consequences. And uh, the neighboring countries like Nigeria, Benin, they have a large population in our countries. So a military intervention in our country can affect their own interests because they have millions of uh, ECOWAS country members in our country. So it shows that those ECOWAS leaders, they don't care about the population. They just care about uh, the interests of their friend, who is Mr. President Bazoum. Why are they doing that? Because they know that if they don't stop this kind of coup d'etat, it will inspire the army, the, the army in their respective countries. That's why they're concerned. It's not like because they care about us. And um, we talk about Niger is a, a so-called the most poorest, uh, the, the poorest country in the world. But we don't understand why this poorest country in the world is catching the, uh, the, uh, the interest of the international community. We don't understand that. If you are poor, usually in this world it's a sad. When you are poor, nobody cares about you. So now we believe that we are not poor. We have uranium. We believe this world is about all uranium, is about gold, and is about uh, gas. So, uh, you know, like bringing democracy back in Niger is just an excuse like in Libya. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, I'm curious about the collaboration between uh, the new government and Mali and Burkina Faso as well. They've, they've both promised to protect Niger in the event of an invasion by ECOWAS. So I wonder what you think about that. I think uh, I would like to highlight that is the same population. You know, Mali and Burkina and Niger is the same population. Uh, I'm from Niger, but our great ancestors, they are from Mali. And uh, in Mali, but in Mali, Burkina and Niger, we have the same population. It's just uh, a border imposed on us by colonialism. It's an artificial border. You know, we are the same people. So I'm not surprised about their support. I'm not really surprised about their support. And bringing war in ECOWAS is like a civil war in one country. Because even Nigeria, we have the same population. If you take Nigeria, Chad, Benin, and Senegal, it's the same population. So it doesn't make sense. And they believe that we should give, uh, uh, how do you call this? Uh, we should give, uh, uh, diplomacy a chance. We should really give diplomacy a chance. You know, Africa have lost million, million of his uh, of his children. You know, so it doesn't make sense. We should not kill each other. We should not kill kill each other. Can you talk a little bit more about what DARN in the UK is doing to? You you know you had an amazing protest uh, a, a little while ago, a few weeks ago, um, to call for more international solidarity to protect Niger and, and to rally against invasion. You talk about the efforts that you're leading for this international solidarity. Ah, for the international solidarity, like right now, we as a real UK, uh, while we are doing. Uh, we did a protest in front of uh, Nigeria embassy. We, we first went, in, uh, you know, to protest in front of Nigeria embassy. Why? Because Nigeria is the Nigerian president is the president of ECOWAS. 
So we went, we first went there, and after that, we went to protest in front of the French embassy. And right now, we are planning to organize. Uh, we did a Zoom meeting. We did a lot of Zoom meeting, you know, and uh, we invite some experts to come uh, and talk about what's going on. We are trying to educate people. And uh, we are planning to organize uh, a protest in front of BBC or the media mainstream because, you know, we are trying to catch their attention on sharing the right information. They should not take position. Like your initiative, if you want to get the right information, you need to go to the population straight. So they should listen to their people. They should not use their... You know, they should not use their, I would say, they should not use their, their, how you call it? Find me the word, sorry. They should not use their companies, you know, to bring confusion in our country. And uh, we are planning to protest there. And we are trying to get a desk outside uh, the British, uh, not BBC headquarters to try to educate you know, the national opinion in the UK. So everyone who's passing, we will invite them to come and listen to us. You know, we'll have, you know, yeah, education, educational protests. That's what we're trying to do, you know, on the street, trying to stop the passerby, give them some leaflet, telling them the true story about what's going on in Niger. So when you're talking about uh, the international community, first of all, we invite them, everyone, to do their best in their own fields. If you are a journalist trying to get the right information like you did, and uh, everyone who is watching this interview, I will recommend them and encourage them to share it, you know, to share it everywhere. So people need to know the truth about what's going on to Niger. And the international community members, the citizens the, the citizen of the world who want peace, love, and security in the world, we invite them as well to talk about what's going on in Niger and their social media. If you have Facebook, Twitter, talk about what's going on. The more we talk, everybody's talking about what's going on in Niger, the more the politician will listen. Yeah. When we are united, they have no option than listening to us. And if they can do petition, so everybody needs to make this uh, this fight against injustice is on fight. It's very important to mention that the politician, and when we talk about colonialism, imperialism, it's not about the white and black thing. The colonialism and imperialism that in all every races. In Africa as well, we have imperialism and colonialism. The leaders from Europe and Africa, they are the one united. They are the one making imperialism strong. I don't think the West or France can succeed in imperialism without, uh, without uh, the collaboration of the African traitors, especially the leaders. So we need to understand this is not black or white. Thing. And we, the people, we are the one paying for the price. They are all safe. If uh, President Joe Biden or President, the Prime Minister of UK, Sunak, Mr. Sunak, or Emmanuel Macron, when they are going to Niger or in the side, they, they, they don't have to worry. They have their own security, safety, not even a flight can approach them. But the Western people, they don't have these things. You know, they cannot go to Africa, they can kidnap them. And this is not fair. The world is one village. We have to be able to travel everywhere, you know, to learn from each other. You know what I'm trying to say? I have, a, I have witnessed some bad experience. I was very sad a few years ago. Some young, young people, men and women from France, they are French people. They just wanted to go and uh, we have something, we have a park of Double Bay. They just wanted to go in the park of Double Bay to see some uh, giraffe, and they were just killed by the terrorists. And uh, there is one bad experience, a French guy, 
who was going, who was in Niger. He wanted to get married with one lady from Niger. So, you know, he was there organizing his wedding and he was also killed by terrorists. So we need to understand that we, the people, the white and black community, we are the one paying for this terrorism, not our leaders. So we need to unite, unite. We need to unite and force our people for a free and a peaceful world. Yeah, that's my message. Thank you so much. I, I totally agree uh, with you and the need to travel and to see the world and, and learn from people. Um, and hopefully people can be able to travel to Niger at some point in the future safely um, and learn more about the, the history and the culture um, when these bad times have, have ended. Uh, I want to ask you, is there... Exactly, any... we are, sorry to interrupt, yeah. we are all yeah. different. There is a reason on our differences. Is because we are all different so we can learn and inspire from each other. You know, I believe in God. God could have made the whole world like white or black or yellow, but he decided to make us different. You know, so let's use our, difference, our differences to build a free and uh, inclusive world to inspire each other to learn from each other i absolutely agree uh thank you so much and i, I want to just to ask before we we finish um what can people do to support the work that they are doing uh in the uk for solidarity are there ways people can uh attend protests? Are there upcoming protests people should know about? Um, way, uh, social media, ways to find DRN? Okay, our Facebook is uh, DRN UK. And our email is uh, sahelnigerian at yahoo.co.uk. One second, I will spell it for you. Our email is sahelnigerian.co.uk. Sahel is S-A-H-E-L-N-I- G-E-R-I-E-N at yahoo.co.uk. Yeah. So, yeah, they can email us and uh, we'll get in touch. And uh, we are planning to organize more manifestation. And uh, we invite the international community, not just our uh, association, the Nigerian diaspora. Nigerian diaspora, you know, all the Nigerian living in Europe, in America, in Asia, everywhere, they were organizing uh, some protests. So we invite everyone, when you see this kind of protest, please support them. Please support them. I was very optimistic for a free and better world. In UK, where I attended uh, the Black Lives Matter, you know, when George Floyd was killed in America, so when I went to that protest, I was so inspired. I was so happy. When I see all the community coming together, you know, there was a lot of white people. So the white, those white people, they make this fight against injustice, they're on fight. So, you know, we need to be allies to fight injustice. You know, we need to be allies. And we all know as well, you know, Martin Luther King, he succeeded in his fight. You know, you know, a lot of white people have supported him. So, you know, when we support each other, we will all have a free and better world. So I will encourage the white, especially the white communities, you know, you know, to to support our protests and manifestation. And if everyone can talk about uh, what's going on in Niger in their social media, Facebook, YouTube and share this kind of, uh, how you say, this kind of interview that we are conducting today, you know. Try at least to inform 10 people. You know, if everyone can at least inform 10 people about what's going on at work, at school, on the street, everywhere, I think, I think it will just go like this. I, I just totally agree with you. Um, and thank you so much for for speaking with me. Uh, it, was a, it was a great pleasure to learn more from you uh, and get a chance to speak with you. 
Yeah, thank you very much. So what I forgot, I wanted to add, if supporter, we will invite them to call open uh, to the respective governments to not interfere in a domestic violence, you know? If many people talk about it and condemn it, the more the world leader will be forced to listen. People need to search for the right information and relay it to the world. They should not just uh, focus on the media mainstream, you know? They should give, you know, they should show uh, the truth about what's going on from journalists like you and from many more who are, who, who are fighting injustice. I'm those kind of people who do not believe in financial help. I believe that we are rich. We can develop our country. We just need to have a win-win deal a win-win deal, you know? So the, the help we need now is not financial. We've been getting a lot of financial help. It didn't help. A lot of uh, African leaders, when we are receiving a lot of financial help, they use it on their own interest. I believe that we need a system that works. We need to make our system working. So if the international media, not international media, if the international community like our supporters can help us to get a system that works in Africa to fight corruption, to denounce their leader, you know, who are supporting corruption in Africa. I think this will help our Africa, this will help our interest, and it's on your own interest as well. Because if there is injustice in Africa, there is a uh, Injustice and there is exploitation. The African youth, they have no other alternative than, you know, risking their lives through the ocean to come to Europe and in America. Nobody wants to leave his own land, his culture, you know, for a better life. We're all happy in our own land, surrounded by our family. But because of the war, because of the exploitation, they have no any other alternative. So if the European and the West population, you know, sometimes, you know, I can see some people that are crying, condemning, talking about immigration, which makes sense, I understand that. But we need to fight, you know, the reason that are pushing those African young youth, you know, to risk their life for immigration. If there is peace, if there is no exploitation, I don't think they risk their life to come to Europe, to come to, you know, America, example, you know, so on and on. Yeah, so thank you very much for giving me the chance to share about what's going on in Niger. So what is your message to the people of Niger and to the military government? Okay, to the people of Niger, and uh, we support the strong mobilization that we have seen. There is a strong mobilization of the population. And uh, the young people, they have created something called VDN. VDN means uh, uh, Citizen Watch Brigade. You know, they monitor any suspicious activity, you know, you know any suspicious activity in, the, in Niger, especially in the main capital, you know, Niamey. So you know, this, you know, since uh, when ECOWAS has threatened to intervene in Niger or should I say interfere, they want to, so you know the citizen brigade, uh, citizen watch brigade, they have organized themselves. You know, their aim is to stop. Uh, their aim is to stop and report any suspicious uh, activities to the authorities. So my call to them is they need to be very professional. They need to be careful. They need to do it in a professional way to not beat anyone. Innocent until proven guilty. If you find a suspect, it's not your job to take the situation into your hand. You don't have right to beat him. You know, you need to protect them, protect the, their dignity. And uh, yeah, you need to protect them. You don't have to beat them. When you find a suspect, you have to respect him and tell him 
We find you suspicious. We will hand you to the authority who will do the investigation. You have no right to beat anyone. And especially they have to protect the French citizen and the West citizen. They need to understand this is not a war between white and uh, black. So I don't want them when they see any Western citizen in Africa to arm them. They have nothing to do with what's going on in Nigeria. This is a political issues between two governments or two countries. And I believe that we should let, we should all support our own government to sort this issue. That's my message to the people of Niger. So they need to be very professional. So to the ECOWAS leaders, they need to understand that we are one people. So we should learn from history in the past, during slavery, the imperialism, they, are, they have used our own people to enslave us. So we should learn from what happened in the past. You know, someone who is not learning about history is condemned to repeat it again. So we should go and learn about what happened in the past. We should not do a proxy war. We should not do a proxy war for imperialism interests. Like in Africa, we always privilege, we always uh, give a chance to, to diplomacy. We always sit. There is something called in French, Albra Palabra. It's a tree, you know, in Africa when we can come and sit and sort our differences. So, you know, we should sort this problem through African way. We should not let anyone to manipulate us. And uh, my message to our, to our leaders is we want a peaceful, when I say our leaders, I'm talking about the new military regime. We want a peaceful and inclusive transition for a refoundation of the state for the Nigerian people and by the Nigerian people. Our first hope is to see a new government, the new government taking action that will change the situation of the people of Niger and the, people, uh, the situation of people of Sahel, especially the country displaced people. They need to go back to the villages and you know, having, having a, just a normal life. They, they, they are not asking a lot, they just want a normal life, you know? Uh, yeah, and uh, our second up is to see all the military bases to leave our country as soon as possible, because only us can save us. And we also want to manage our natural resources. We want to manage our own affair without external interference. We are sick and tired of getting international help, international aid when, while we are very rich in natural resources. And we have uh, one of the youngest population in the world. We just need the right leadership, a system that works. That's my call to our leaders. And the, the international community, although they must respect the will of the people of Niger who shall decide its own direction. When the British people say that we want to leave the UK, there was election and free and fair election. That time the Prime Minister David Cameron, he listened. He listened to the people. He listened to the people of the UK. He was not in favor of Brexit, but this is what the people want. Is supported. But the problem is in Africa, we don't have democracy. Democracy is just only during election. And sadly, oh, the election as well, they are always manipulated, rigged with the collaboration of imperialism, 
when you support their own interest, they close their eyes. They, they, they close their, their eyes. There is two kinds of coup d'etat in Africa. Africa. Good coup d'etat, which support imperialism, and uh, which support the interests of imperialism, and bad coup d'etat. The bad coup d'etat is the, the one who support, I would say, the interests of Africans, the, the interests of uh, their countries. And what a lot of people do not understand, we don't see those militaries as a dictator. My country, this is our fourth coup d'etat. So every time the military, they always intervene when they see that their country is about to collapse. That we see them as a savior. And they always, they always come, they restore peace and they leave. So this time, we are calling on them to not rush, to not let anyone outside to come and pressure them. You need to leave. You need to leave. You need to pass the country to the, to the civilian. So the mistake we have been doing in the past, the last three coup d'etat, there was just transition of nine months, one year. It will not work. Nine months cannot solve the mess of 10 years or the mess of 60 years. Military, they should take their time, the time they need, you know, to clean, to make a deep clean. You cannot make a deep clean in the kitchen in one hour. It takes time, you know. It's the mess that would determine the time needed to, to make the deep cleaning. Some kitchen, they need one, maybe they may need one day deep cleaning. Some of them, they need one, one month. Some of them, you need to build the whole kitchen and make a new one. So that's what I believe. We need to be inspired. Our democracy need to be inspired uh, by us, by our realities. So right now, the democracy we are living in, uh, in, uh, in Niger, in Africa, is copy and paste from West. No, we don't have the same system. Our way of life in Africa will not work in West. You know, we have a lot of things in common. We are all human beings. It's one humanity. But according to the geography, according to the, the realities, according to the culture, the tradition, the same thing will not work. If you check most of our African constitution, is a copy and paste, you know? So we need to get a system written by Nigerian for the Nigerian, which consider our reality, our tradition, our environment, and our religion, etc. That's my message. Thank, thank you. you so much. It's an excellent, excellent message. I absolutely agree. And thank you so much for joining. It was a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I'll stay in touch. Thanks. Thank so you much. very much. Take Thanks care. for your time. I appreciate that. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.